This is a Diet of Brussels. Does uh, the EU have an unelected commission? Now, I'm asking this question because uh, I foolishly got sucked into a uh, online discussion uh, on Twitter, which is never a good place to try and explain points at length, uh, about the uh, unaccountability or the unelectedness of the, uh, the European Commission. And it strikes me that I've not really talked about this before. I've talked a bit about democracy and uh, about the way things work, but it's perhaps putting it yeah, more usefully into this kind of terms that uh, lets you see uh, some of the issues that are, exist around the referendum. The way that the Commission is appointed is that, uh, first of all, you have the European Parliament elections. So they happen every five years, and we had one of those uh, back in 2014, you'll remember. After those uh, elections, uh, there is then the uh, selection of a uh, president of the European Commission. Now, that's somebody who is uh, put forward by the member states, uh, and then has to have the approval of the European Parliament. Now, the European Parliament's mail made very clear uh, back in 2014 that the only candidate that it would support was the candidate who had uh, got the most support from the European Parliament in the European elections themselves. So that, in effect, uh, they were trying to make a connection between the elections uh, and the uh, Commission president. And as a result, uh, you saw that uh, Jean-Claude Juncker uh, was uh, returned uh, into that role uh, by dint of holding uh, the broadest support uh, in the parliament. Once you've got the president elected, uh, that president then works with the member states who nominate individuals uh, into the remaining posts of the commission. Uh, the European Parliament holds public hearings um, Technically, it's only allowed to approve the entire commission, but uh, for many years now it has made uh, those public hearings a point at which it says it is unhappy about one or more of the nominees uh, and invites slash demands that uh, the relevant member state makes a change. And it's done that uh, in certainly the last three cycles uh, to make sure that it's clear that even though there is a group, only a group approval, that that is a group which only contains people that the Parliament is happy with. So the appointment and the election of the uh, Commission is one that is not so dissimilar from the way that uh, a national system works. So if you think about how you elect the government in this country... Uh, you don't actually elect uh, individuals to be leaders or ministers or whatever. Instead, you vote for a party, uh, and the party that has the majority or is able to uh, be part of a, government, of a governing coalition, they then decide amongst themselves who does what role. So, you know, if uh, David Cameron wants to have a new Chancellor of the Exchequer, uh, then David Cameron can do that, and he doesn't need to come back to Parliament to, to get approval uh, or uh, to certainly not come back to the people. So the decision then is one which is not so dissimilar from uh, a national system. But the key point uh, that came through in uh, the uh, online discussion uh, today was about how you get rid of the commission. You know, and uh, uh, the person I was talking with was saying, but you can't get rid of them. Now, in one sense, that is clearly true, that uh, I, as an individual European citizen, have no uh, scope to 
kick the uh, scoundrels out if uh, I don't like them. What I can do, though, is uh, I can vote in uh, the next European election, uh, and uh, any commission uh, that follows that election uh, has once again to go through the approval of the European Parliament. So I can shape it in that way, which again is not so dissimilar from the way uh, national politics work. There is uh, also a, a mechanism by which the Parliament can uh, force the resignation of the entire Commission, uh, which is something that it threatened to do back in uh, 1999 uh, with the uh, Santerre Commission, uh, but the Santerre Commission resigned before uh, Parliament could actually vote, so technically it, it didn't actually uh, force them to do it, but in practical political terms it certainly did. Um, likewise, if individual commissioners are uh, suspected of uh, malpractice or of uh, uh, other... Uh, kind of sundry uh, misdemeanours, then there are mechanisms by which they can be removed individually, uh, typically by the commission president themselves. So they have a, a, a reshuffle uh, kind of power. And certainly uh, you've always seen a kind of cycling of commissioners as uh, individuals have uh, found other things to do or have decided that now would be a good time to leave the building. And those replacements who come in uh, also still need to have the approval of the Parliament. So once again, there is a, a kind of oversight. So the basic point that I want to make here is that the Commission isn't uh, elected in secret. It's not chosen at random. It's not unknown. If you want to know who the Commission is, you can know who the Commission is. Um, and it's not so different in the powers of control that exist at a national level. However, and I think this is where we got into a bit of a rut online, uh, it's not to say that that's fine and that's good. Clearly, there is still a considerable distance between most European citizens and the Commission, that it feels very far away. It feels very hard to have any power in changing things when you are one of uh, half a billion people. So, uh, again... Uh, there is an equivalence, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be happy with the, that equivalence, that you have to be happy with uh, the way things are. So just as in a national system, you can push for change uh, and reform, so too you can do so in the European level. 